When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Roleplay Retcon does not own any parts of the movies we retcon, nor are we associated with the people who make them. Also, as a general warning, I'm probably going to do a cuss and talk about many mature adult things. Well, came in last night from the Tennessee River, my heart was aching, so I thought we are green eye, honky tonk was down with a pocket full of silver like a... Everyone, welcome to our uh, Roleplay Retcon podcast. This is a podcast for... We take bad movies and we make them better by roleplaying them as tabletop roleplay games. We're not supposed to use the word better. Ben is going to fuss at me later. No, no, that, no, no. We're not supposed we to do. use fix. You, so you did, oh, you did oh, good. Okay. Improving them okay. is, is, is the... Uh, the, the non elitist way to say it, I guess. But I don't know. We're fixing Excellent. stuff. Let's just, let's, maybe we should just drop it and be pretentious. Also, we're Southern and we use fix for like a lot of things. It's true. All right. So, welcome. If this is your first episode, I'm so glad that you joined us. Uh, thank you so much. And if this is not your first episode, thank you so much for coming back. We love it when you listen. We love you all so much. So, for our first episode of the series, we always do a rookie camp. And rookie camp is where we learn about the movie that we're going to do. We learn about the characters that we're going to uh, play. And we learn about the system that we're going to use for that series. So, without further ado... Ado. Let me introduce... <laughs> can I get... No further ado. Can I also... Come on, can I just get one more ado in there before we get started? Okay, one more ado. Ado. All right, any other ados? Now I'm feeling good. Okay, great. So without further ado, ado. Stop, Alex. <laughs> no, that was it. That was the end of the ados. All right. So seriously, uh, the movie that we're going to do this time is The Dark Tower. Woo! woo. Am I supposed to woo here? Woo. That's when you all yes clap, <laughs> applaud. So the the audience when they are actually clapping and applauding um, in their cars while listening to this will not feel so alone. This feels like further ado. I'm just. I'm just saying. Uh, ben. All right. So anyway, um, yeah, we're doing the Dark Tower series. I'm really excited about that. The system that we are using for this series is called Cowboy World. And our guest star for this series is Rev DeShane. Hi. Hi, Rev. Hey. Hello. Welcome. Rev. How y'all doing? We're so glad you're here. Good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm excited. Good. Oh, I'm excited, too. I'm excited, so too. Tell us about yourself. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I can oh. take it or leave it. <laughs> uh, well, I am Rev. I am the host and GM of The Crit Show, uh, which is an actual play podcast where we play Monster of the Week and other Powered by the Apocalypse games, all within the same dimension-hopping narrative. Uh, and then I'm also the producer of Crit Show Studios, which is our production company, uh, where we make Let's Plays um, for 
newly launching or uh, indie games uh, that they you know put out with their Kickstarters or uh, the launch of their games and things like that so that people can listen and learn how to play the game. Mm. I love it. I, over the last few years, I've been listening to a lot of your like your like one shots that you do, where you like take a break from the main campaign and uh, play another like variant of Power by the Apocalypse or, or, or some other or game. Uh, but I just recently like started at the beginning, um, and I just got to uh, Trial of the Unworthy, which was like my favorite part of it so far. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying it. I uh, that your your show is it's so crisp, it's so well produced, it's very entertaining. I love it. I recommend Thanks. it for everyone. Yeah, I I totally 100% feel like Rev is gracing us with his presence. You're, re- <laughs> you're, re- you're really slimming, slimming it down here with us. <laughs> yeah, with us low lives, with us lowly, lowly folk. Yeah, this one. No. Oh, we should talk about like, this. Is this is new? Usually, we just like find a buddy that will like st- yeah. stick with us for a while. But we actually like put a call out. Like Jency made an audition for him, put a call out, and we Rev showed up and graced us with his presence and we he he, yeah. he put a, a damn good audition for it and oh yeah yeah and i uh i auditioned on the off chance that it was the dark tower and that i was <laughs> insanely happy that it was <laughs> what 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 clued you yeah what clued you uh just the fact that it was well really that it was looking for that kind of western mentality um, the lines that were used for the audition, talking about the purpose of a gun, what it's used for. Um, and then just thinking about the fact that the dark tower is one of the worst Westerns ever made. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, people are so upset by it and, you know, they keep trying to make it over and over again and it never gets a, a good mm-hmm. treatment. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's so funny because I, I was really wondering if anyone was going to notice um, because I mean, I wrote the the monologue myself, and like I was very specifically looking for a Roland. Like I knew Alex and Ben were going to play their parts perfectly, and we're going to get into that. But Spoilers! I, was like, I don't know anyone who's. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but anyway, I was like, I was really looking for that. And Rev actually, in his audition, he he wrote something in um, in his audition application about loving the Dark Tower series so much. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wonder if he knows. I wonder if he knows he's going to be so excited. <laughs> yeah, over on, and it's actually still going on, but at the time that I auditioned for this, um, we had just started uh, in our Discord a Dark Tower book series. There were a bunch of people who had never gone through it, who wanted to read it. Um, and it's like, if my brain was a pie chart, like one of the big pieces of pie is the Dark Tower. Um, and so I agreed to to lead the book club. Um, and so we we do a book a month and we're just now uh, partway through Wolves in the Cala. Mm, that's oh, my favorite one. That's awesome. Yeah, me too. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, when, when I was talking with Rev about it, I was like, hey, guess what we're doing? And he told me about that. And I was like, man, this is like, it's like caw, y'all. It just mm-hmm. like fell into place. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. <laughs> what is that? Okay, so um, Here, here's the part where you all find out that Alex knows absolutely nothing about the Dark Tower. You saw Which the movie. Fine. I did see the movie. Yeah, Which emphasizes the fact that he knows nothing about the Dark Tower. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. In reality, though, you read the first book way back I when, did read right? the first book, yeah. You read The Gunslinger. Mm-hmm. Also, you've watched The Mandalorian. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty much exactly. So the Force, <laughs> Jedi, I got it, got it. Yeah, right, Force, Jedi. Well, Ka is kind of like the Force. Cool. Except without like yeah. a physical, man, you can't like physically wield it. It's it's right. kind of like I destiny, guess, I guess. Yeah, like destiny. Yeah, it's like it's fate, it's destiny, mm-hmm. it's kind of all of those things rolled into one. It, it mm-hmm. yeah. Basically like all of my friends like the Dark Tower. Uh so I have a lot of like cursory like feeler knowledge of, about it uh without a lot of the details. I chase you with a fury. The red lights but be running. Not at you nothing now. Pretend they all are green. Out of kids on this town with a pocket full of silver. Spark on the water, you won't change. Um The reason that I wanted to do this movie <laughs> was because I love the books and I hate the movie. <laughs> It is, I mean, if you've seen it, then you know. It's just. It's meritless. Yeah. I believe it has a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's high. Which I think is generous, yeah. Yeah, that's generous. Yeah. Rev, you just watched it today, so it's still pretty fresh on you, right? I did, yeah. Yeah. How how, how are you feeling about it? <laughs> you know, it's just. It really got the treatment that a lot of Stephen King stuff gets, unfortunately. Like, you know what? We're going to make this property, and what we're going to do is we're going to take the name, we're going to take a couple of the characters, and then just throw everything else out, and let's just see what we can jam together. Like, they kind of tried to do three or four books in a 90-minute movie, and yeah, it was... Yeah, they just... They they ignored um, really central pieces to the characters, like why they're doing what they're doing. Um, is totally ignored, and in some cases, people are doing things for the opposite reasons. Um, so yeah, it's 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 something. Yeah, it's something, something bad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so what I really wanted to do is I had this thought that I think that it is unnecessary to try and make the whole Dark Tower series into one movie. I I don't, especially a ninety minute movie. Like it's just. There's so much into it, and I just don't think that you can do it properly that way. I mean, if you were going to make, like, a miniseries or something, which they've tried to do in the past, and I think they're still rumored to try to do it in the future. Yeah, it was on Amazon, and it recently, just back, I think, in May, um, got canceled. They didn't like the pilot, and so they're shopping it around somewhere else. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, I think a miniseries would be done well but i mean unless you're gonna do like a full harry potter thing where you give every book its own movie i just don't i don't think it's possible to do it all in one movie so um but for me personally i i didn't want to do a series of movies i just wanted to put it into one movie so i think that if i were to do a dark tower movie and i would wanted to do it right i think that the story that Roland tells in Wizard and Glass of his childhood would be the movie that I would make. I think you could definitely do it in one sitting. I think it would be exciting. I don't think that the reader, I mean, the audience would miss out on any kind of information that um, that you would get from the books that you wouldn't get from the movie, especially since it is a backstory. And um, 
I don't know. I think that with the the movie that they tried to make, using a teenage Jake as the main character kind of drove home to me that they were marketing this toward teenage boys. And if you're going to market it toward teenage boys, I think it makes sense to <laughs> use teenage boys in it. But, like, Jake's not a teenage boy. So I think, like, main character Roland as a teenager makes sense. So that's the that's the story that we're going with. I, I think I'm taking this in more of a more of a direction like Alex did with Indiana Jones in that I'm not taking the movie that was made and trying to make it better. I'm just like, that movie was trash. Let's take another Dark Tower story and try and make it into a movie. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of people's favorite book too, Wizarding Glass. Yeah. It it's my favorite book. And I love that you say that it's a lot of people's favorite books. Uh, most of the people that I've personally talked to about it, that was their least favorite book. So this I'm glad guy. Said that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the ben same way. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, a lot of the people around me that is that is their favorite book. I get the criticism of it. I mean, you've you've been with this, you've been progressing with this story, and all of the action kind of takes a halt, and you go to a completely different story. And I can understand like how a lot of people wouldn't like that. Um, but I love, I loved hearing about it, like his childhood and his backstory. And it, it made me feel so much closer to the protagonist, Roland. So yeah, that's why I liked it. Can I do like a, a, a quick information dump about the, the series that got canceled? Yes, please. So the Amazon was, was putting it together. They had a cast. Um, they filmed a pilot, had some phenomenal actors in it. Michael Rooker was in it. Um, Braun from Game of Thrones. I always forget that actor's name. Um, but the showrunner's intent was that it was going to be a series um, that was like seven or eight seasons. Season one is Wizarding Glass. Season two is Wind Through the Keyhole. Ends with the Battle of Jericho Hill. Season three starts with Roland going into the desert. Um, and then episode two of season three starts with him coming out of it. And then from there on, each season is book one, two, three, five, six, seven. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so he was going to do it all in chronological order. Man, I love that. That would have been so great. Yeah, so he, they're still trying to shop it around. Hopefully someone picks it up because it would, man, it would work really well that way. Yeah, I agree. That would be great. And I love that they're wanting to do it in chronological order because, I mean, it makes a lot more sense that way than to, like, write, write smack in the middle of it to be like, okay, we're going to the past now. <laughs> Forget everything we've been doing. And not that <laughs> Stephen King. So you kind of mentioned Alex's series on Indiana Jones, and like, if you remember way back when, I was like, okay, but Alex, you have to still call it. I'm challenging you, Alex. You have to still call it. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and make that germane. Never. With, I'll never okay. do it. I'm not challenging you to you did though, and it was great. I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not challenging you to do that, but would you still call this movie The Dark Tower? Um hmm, great question. I mean the series is gonna be called Dark Tower anyway, because we need the SEO. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean <laughs> but, we're gonna call it that. <laughs> huh, that's a good question. Um I think if I was just making a standalone movie and this was my standalone movie about the Dark Tower and I wasn't going to make any 
sequels, but I'm like, you know, I'm leaving the possibility for sequels in case, you know, everyone loves it and it's a huge blockbuster hit or whatever. I think I would call it The Dark Tower just so that people know what it is okay. that they're getting into. But if no, yes, I would still call it The Dark Tower. Yes. Okay, cool. Give it like a we're subtitle. You know, yeah, the, the dark, dark tower, tower, the gunslinger born, or yeah, whatever. the the Tet of the tower. I think is what they call themselves ultimately. Ooh, nice, the Tet of the tower. I love that. Okay, yes, okay. that's perfect. So give it a subtitle. Perfect. I love that. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Make it like a like a like a big deal prologue, but that stands alone. I like that. Oh, can't you hear him scream like the mist on the river through the road? Let's talk characters. So I already spoiled who Rev is going to be. So Rev, would you mind telling us about your character, please? Yeah, I will be playing uh, Roland DeShane. He is the son of Stephen DeShane, who is the king of Gilead. Uh, Gilead is um, kind of the center of life and light and art and culture in this world, uh, which is different, which is different from our own world. Um, and he has recently passed the test to become a gunslinger. Uh, gunslingers are kind of like knight errants in this world. Uh, they, they go around and they, um, not, they don't really suspect, they don't really um, dole out justice in the same way as like a ranger uh, or a marshal does. Um, but they sometimes get asked for help. Um, and it's, it's a lot of a, a judgment thing and then sometimes an acting thing. Um, so he has just passed the trial um, to become a gunslinger, which uh, involves a whole lot of training and then having to uh, fight your uh, your trainer uh, and best them in combat. And if you do not uh, win that trial, uh, you get sent west. Uh, you lose your name, your title, uh, and you are in exile. Mm-hmm. So how old uh, are you playing Roland? Uh at this time, he's about 14 years old. He is the youngest mm-hmm. gunslinger to have ever um, passed the, the, the right of trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. So um, Roland is in the books for the most part. He's he's what's called the. Main character. So, yes, he's the main character. But, of course, we are playing this as a role-play game. So this is going to be very much... um, It's not called company. What is it? Party? A party? I mean, it is a party. It starts with a C, though. It doesn't matter. A cocktail. Like when, <laughs> like when you have, when you have like a play or a movie or a book that has an a ensemble. cast. It's, a it's cast? an ensemble cast. Yes. Okay. So okay. this is an ensemble cast. So our other two characters are going to be very, very much just as involved as Roland is. Yeah, and in the books, he is kind of the he is the din of their tet, which just means he is like anytime you have a group of kids together, there's one who's kind of the leader, um, and and that is him because he passed the trial uh, before the other two. We should we should kind of maybe draw a line here and say, like, we probably won't spoil the Dark Tower as a whole in the main series. But, like, we're probably going to talk a lot about the Dark Tower from, like, in, like, this episode and in Rehash a lot. So if you've, like, 
not read all the books, <laughs> you might want to just like go to episode one. I don't know. All right. I'll see y'all later. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Alex. No, bye. come back. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. We're. I mean, we're going to spoil the heck out of his childhood, but for like the rest of the series, we're not going to, we're not going to spoil that for you probably in the main. We'll try hard not to. But yes, so uh, thank you so much, Rev, for introducing us to Roland. Ben, why don't you go next? Uh, I am Elaine Johns, who uh, before 2003 had about three to six other names because Stephen King kept spelling it differently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I am Elaine Johns. Um, I am kind of... So honestly, because this is my least favorite book... I, I didn't retain as much of this, like, plot and stuff and characters in my head as I did the other Which stuff. Which is fine. Yeah, yeah. But what, what I remember about Elaine was that um, he was, like, a kind of more of a gentle soul. And he also, like, um, he was quiet. He was very slow to speak. And because of that, people assumed he was, like, dumb. But he's not. He's actually, like, pretty sharp. And he's also uh, very gentle, but it, he's... And slow to anger, but when he does get angry, he's pretty dangerous. Um, and he has a thing called the touch, which are some, like, sort of nebulously defined psychic powers. Um, I think they're mostly, like, telepathic and not telekinetic. Um, uh, and I think there are a lot of, like... I don't think it's like it's like a third eye in a lot of situations. Yeah, in a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's kind of like empathic rather than just straight up reading minds. But like he he knows things a lot that he like other people would not know, and he's like really strong strong in that. Like and like people, a lot of people are like have the touch to some degree. Like Roland has maybe like a little bit, um, but like he's very strong in it. It's like if if you're a fan of Stephen King's other books or even other series, it's the same thing as. Um, you know, it, it, what they call the shining in some of his other books. The same kind of mental phenomenon. To the point that they even just straight up call it that in the Dark Tower movie. In the movie, yeah. <laughs> I I hated it at first, but I, 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 I thought later, I was like, if I hadn't hated the rest of this movie, I might not have hated that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was just mad at, completely mad at the movie and just hated everything it was doing. <laughs> it angries up the blood watching that movie. <laughs> I mean, because yeah. like... the. The Dark Tower is is kind of like a weird like crossroads for all of the other stuff anyway, so that kind of made sense. Um, but anyway, yeah, I could do some psychic powers. Nice, thank you, Ben. All right, Alex, how do you feel about telling us about your character? So I'm playing Bart Simpson. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he though? <laughs> I might be. Uh, no. Um, I'm playing Cuthbert Allgood. It's Cuthbert. Cuthbert. It is not. Are you serious? Yes, it's pronounced Cuthbert. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> this hurts my brain. Rev, will you back me up on this? Uh, I mean, just going off the audiobooks, uh, everybody says Cuthbert except Shimi, who says Cuthbert. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, that's okay. I, we can. We I can do I that shall part. await your apology, Chimsy. <laughs> well, it's not coming. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, everyone just calls him Bert, anyways, according to the darktower.fandom.com, which is where I'm getting all my information. <laughs> okay. <laughs> his 
His father is Robert Allgood. His grandfather or ancestor is Sir Berthrand. Rand? Ber- Berthrand? Allgood? I, I, I think it's Bertrand. Maybe. <laughs> but I don't know. Apparently, I don't know how to pronounce things. So, well, yeah. But anyways, um, apparently my character's a bit of a joker, a constant joker. It's how he, it's how are he you, do. Are you a tucker? Uh, no, it doesn't look like no, it. No, no. Um, Not a but midnight he's loyal. He's, he's got something called a twinsy. In a character, uh, uh, it's apparently a a character who's a duplicate of him in a different um, plane of existence or a level of the tower, and it's Eddie Dean. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Um, but uh, apart from that, he likes to use a slingshot, and he's real good at it. And he he. He has his father's old tobacco pouch that carries four dozen steel balls for a slingshot. Nice. You know so much about him. The, the wiki is very uh, <laughs> descript on certain things. That's good. <laughs> yeah, Elaine's wiki page, which I did have up just in case, is very short. Incredibly short. <laughs> yeah. I think they, yeah. It's actually pretty yeah. pretty detailed on old Bert here. <laughs> well, look. Well, Cuthbert is a, actually a little more important to the story than Elaine is, to be yeah. to be honest. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I think you're all very important. Cuthbert is also mentioned by name in the the like Rob the Robert Browning poem, right? Yeah. Yeah. But which um, is what the Dark Tower was based on. Uh, probably my my favorite detail about Bert is that he has a horse named Glue Boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew you would like that. Yeah. So um, Alex has already mentioned that he's not really familiar with the books, which is totally fine. We'll get um, over but it. W- this is fun. He'll, <laughs> he'll, 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 he'll be going through what we all went through for Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just about, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, when I was thinking about characters and stuff, and I was like, well, obviously, Alex is going to be Cuthbert because they're the exact same person. So I told when Alex was like, so tell me about my character. What am I going to be acting like? And I was like, Alex, it's literally just you. You just be yourself. Okay. You're going to do great. Hooray. Now, I am a little worried here because uh, you say he's just like me and I'm seeing his status as deceased. Don't worry. No. Don't worry. I'm good. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 You're, no. No. He's just somewhat like you. He's just. Yeah. I mean, you're both alive right now. Right now, we're now. both alive. Yes. I'll just. Okay. Good times. Keep, keep pointy <laughs> objects away from my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm so glad. This is so exciting. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you guys for introducing your characters. So I'm going to take this opportunity right now to kind of put a little aside in here. If you are familiar with our stuff in the past, we have sometimes slash often cast what characters we're going to be playing. And instead of doing that now, we're going to do that in the end so that we have a good idea of our characters and during our rehash when we're like, did we do this better? What did we do well? What would we have done differently? Then we can say, oh, I was going to, you know, if I were doing this, I would cast this character 
as blank or cast blank as this character. But we're not going to do that now, so don't think we forgot. Just letting you know. This is good because my casting decisions are often terrible mistakes. Just wildly, <laughs> wildly wrong. I still stand right. by... Um, the, my first bad mistake, though. I still stand by. No, no, I can't, no can't it's remember. the worst I, thing I, you've oh, ever done. Clive Owen. I still stand by Clive Owen, but I do not oh. stand by. Clive um, Owen oh. is Indiana Jones. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't stand by oh, uh, no. James oh. Corden, though. James Corden was a bad yeah. decision. It hurts me. It hurts my soul. Let's go ahead and talk about Cowboy World. Yeehaw. Yee, good job, Alex. Yeehaw. Yee fucking ha. All right. So, Cowboy World. No need to be crass. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, I'm really excited. I was actually thinking about doing a different system for this, and Rev is the one that introduced me to Cowboy World, uh, which makes sense because it's powered by the apocalypse. And um, it and he loves Powered by the Apocalypse. It's True. good. I I'm so glad we're finally getting around to doing one on. Me too. On I'm here. excited. But I feel like it's also kind of like Fate mm-hmm. Core, which I did for Twilight, and I freaking loved. So I'm really excited about doing this. It's also just like ugh, it seems so perfect for this. I'm really excited. So um, in Cowboy World. Basically, to like Alex, TLDR. Alex, stop rolling dice. No. <laughs> he's just getting excited. He's just getting ahead of the game. I'm getting ready. He's making sure he's making sure his dice are perfectly balanced. Cal- sure are, you, are you calibrating your dice? I am. I'm, I'm calibrating them. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Cowboy World is set in the Old West, basically. How old? And, you know, old, but not too old, but old. So we're going to find that, as Rev already pointed out, that the Dark Tower series does not happen in the old American West, like we're used to Westerners taking place. It takes place in a different world in a different time, which we, as readers deduce that it probably happens like in a post-apocalyptic future in probably an alternate timeline slash alternate alternate universe so it's going to be a little bit more weird than a normal western which is great because cowboy world specifically has a weird option which is what we're going to be doing so uh, i gave you guys all your handouts so make sure you go to the weird one, and then we were, we're going to talk about that. So everyone knows your name. Um, your age, you're all like 14, 15. I think Elaine is 15, right? He's older. That's what I have guessed. Yeah. Yeah, and um, Cuthbert is also 14, I think, because he and Roland used to play together as toddlers. In their so diapers. So I think they're like... Yeah, they played together. They didn't play in their diapers. They played while wearing diapers. Hey, hey that's what my wiki page said. So <laughs> it did not say they played in their diapers. It does. <laughs> oh gosh. 
This is fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was she just trying to convince herself? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. Okay. So um, <laughs> let's talk about how we all look. So, I mean, you know, there's physical descriptions in the books, but I'm going to let you guys choose how you feel like your character looks. So let's talk about that. Uh, who wants to go first? Ben, why don't you go first? How does um, Elaine look? Yeah, Elaine is like um, given a lot of description in the book, if I remember. Um, I know he's kind of stout. Um uh like maybe a little portly um i know he's got like a really his his face i think is supposed to be a little hard to read like he's got a really like gentle but also kind of like like like, si soft. like a soft like simple look to him yeah um that i mean aside from that that's basically what i got i i, th I th he probably doesn't have very stylish hair <laughs> okay <laughs> very straw like okay. i would imagine all right um, Rev, you want to go next? Yeah, uh, Roland has long black hair. Uh, he is tall for his age, they note. Um, he's in in very good physical shape. He's very quick. Uh, and really the thing that they land on the most often uh, is that he has very piercing blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, Alex, you want to tell us about what Bert looks like? So, according to the darktower.fandom.com, <laughs> mm -hmm. Cuthbert is described as being tall, thin, and good-looking, with dark eyes and dark hair. Though there's some discrepancies, apparently, in a few other things, especially the uh, the poem, people characterize him as having blonde hair. Hmm. How do you? What kind of hair do you feel like he I has? I think I'm going to go with the dark hair. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's a good choice. All right, awesome. Cool beans. So uh, let's talk about the high concept. So in Cowboy World, they have what is considered um, a high concept, and that is really talking about, like, your archetype, your twist, your belief, your goals, and your issues and stuff. So archetype is... Um, an archetype is kind of like a stereotype. It's like the the quintessential character. So for Roland, Roland, as Rev let us know, he just uh, beat the test to become the youngest gunslinger. So he's an actual gunslinger. So his archetype would be gunslinger. Nice. And then you two, uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you know, you are almost gunslingers, but not quite. Can I be a dandy? Yes. <laughs> nice. Yes. <laughs> a dandy. <laughs> okay. So uh, as a dandy, uh, how is that going to affect your play style, I Alex? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if it's on the list. <laughs> I'd, well, it's not on the list, but I mean, you know, we can fudge it if 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 you really feel like you want to be a dandy. But <laughs> but when we talk about like our skills and our stats and everything, it, it it's going to kind of go off of your archetype a little bit. So just be aware of that. Coolio. Um, but if you want to be a dandy gunslinger apprentice, that would be cool. I don't want to tell you how to play your character or anything, but 
Gotcha. Gotcha. That, that's what you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Elaine is also a gunslinger apprentice. Okay. So that is our high concept. When we're talking about our archetype, it's just, that's just who you are. That's, that's the role that you play in the world and in society. So um, next up is our twist. And a twist is like, okay, sure, you're a gunslinger, but that's not all you are. So your twist is going to be something not like the opposite of a gunslinger, but it's going to be something a little bit unusual, something unique to you. Would mine be the touch? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I got the so touch. Yours would be the, <laughs> so you would be... You got, you the, got power. the power. So you would be gun, uh, a apprentice gunslinger with the touch. Awesome. Nice. Nice. All right. So um, why don't we do... Rev, do you want to tell us what you think your twist would be? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that the twist might simply be the whole element of the age. Okay. Is that enough of a twist? The idea of, you know, the gunslinger. The youngest gunslinger. Yeah, the, the, the youngest gunslinger. Yeah, that's totally enough of a twist. So the twist doesn't have to be super deep. We're going to delve into that with our history, which is what comes next. But a twist is just what makes you unique, what makes you interesting. And being the youngest gunslinger definitely would make you unique and, inter and interesting. So yeah, definitely. That's good. Bert, what are you thinking? Give, give me, what, what, what do you think, Chintzy? This is your world. <laughs> this is my world? This is your world. So, so um, I think, in my mind, when I think about gunslingers, I think about people who, in this world at least, people who are very, very, um, they're noble, they're revered, they're people who are looked up to for their skills and their wisdom um, and I think that Cuthbert being such a, like, flippant, free spirit jokester is, in my mind, enough of a twist to be interesting. Because I think that that's really what sets you apart from the other gunslingers and gunslinger apprentices. So, gunslinger apprentice with... a sense of humor, I guess. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> However you want to word that. A big thing about just the gunslingers in general, they're trained to use everything as a weapon. And, and Cuthbert is the only one that we ever come across that uses humor as a weapon. All right. So um, next up, we're going to talk about our history. And we already have a lot of history given to us from the books, but a, there's not a lot to go off of from your childhood childhood. So... Um, Ben, let's talk about you first. So I think you are the least talked about <laughs> as far as like backstory. So I want to hear about your history. I want to hear about you being a gunslinger's apprentice, even though you're very like gentle and soft and, and have the touch. I want to hear about that. Um, so like, how did you, how did you get to be an apprentice? What's your family like? What's your, what's your childhood like? The one thing I know about, that's at least hinted about Elaine is that he seems to be very close to his mother. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he always carries around um, a book with him called uh, Homilies and Meditations by a like in-world author called Mercer. Um, and it was given to him by his mother. And so I like this idea of him like, I don't know, that he's like kind of a, maybe a romantic, that he really liked the idea of being a gunslinger, not so much for the like the brutality of it but for the like he 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 likes the poetic idea of justice and and also and that i and that he thinks that you know his his touch he like developed the touch like pretty early maybe like (laughs) in diapers perhaps his Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't please don't (laughs) um and so i don't know yeah i like this idea of him being like an intelligent uh well-read person and maybe he his like friendship with roland has kind of maybe roland was an inspiration i feel like roland is really at the center of this that he i don't know was maybe inspired by that and like joint joined him i know that he was at roland's test of manhood roland hadn't told anyone but because i he had the touch he was able to uh he figured out and he was there to like watch i think when he when he beat court and became a gunslinger. Okay, so you think that Roland inspired him? I like that. Do you think his his mom had anything to do with it? Yeah, I because you talk a lot about her. You know, it, there's so much emphasis on fathers, and like, I get it. I don't even think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but I kind of want to stray from the source material a little bit and have someone who is inspired by his mother. And since you know, and since Stephen King didn't like dwell on this a lot i think maybe that's a place where i'm sort of can play with it without like you know uh (laughs) being blasphemous you know (laughs) um i know he his mother's name is um nope doesn't doesn't tell you (laughs) uh (laughs) so his mother's what is his mother yeah his, his mom's name is julianne uh julianne's actually pretty good that's that's actually a pretty good uh, Dark Tower name. So we'll go with uh, Julianne Johns, which is also a very Marvel name. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Awesome. Um, and I want to say that she was like a very well-read person. Um, maybe nice. she was like a teacher. I Okay. And so... I love that. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of Elaine being sort of an academic Nice. Awesome. Thank you. I love that, too. What a good history. Awesome. Let's go with Alex next. Hi. Do you want to tell us about... So, this is... I mean, feel free to make this up. Well... What is Bert's history? From my reading in the mm-hmm. com, his ancestor, um, Bertrand Allgood, uh, was potentially a descendant of Arthur Eld. Oh, nice. Potentially his ancestry goes all the way back that way. So he's probably wanting to become a gunslinger because it's in his, his family. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So it's in his family. It's in his blood. That, That's cool. That and his, his childhood best diaper friend wants to be a gunslinger. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it just makes sense then, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Alex. I'm just going uh, to write diaper friend under history. Excellent. You do that. <laughs> uh, so I feel like I should 
stick pretty close to the source material to justify why we are where we are. Um, so Roland's history, uh, he is the son of Stephen DeShane, who is essentially, he is the closest thing that uh, Gilead has to a king. Um, his mother, uh, Gabriella, is the queen, um, and he is not only the king, he is also the leader of the gunslingers. And so it was never an option to not be a gunslinger. Um, I don't think he ever felt pressured into doing it. If anything, he felt pressure to be as good as his father. Um, how we find Roland taking his test of manhood early um, is that he discovers that his father's, um, I'm not sure what to, his father's confidant, his father's, um, it's the court magician, um, is having an affair with his mother and his father is gone. And so he wants to challenge this man uh, and defend his family's honor. And so he goes out and wins his guns. Um, just spoiling book four all over the place, but I think we have to. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, we, have, we have to. We have to. We have to. Yeah. We, we gave him a warning. And this is a long just time this ago. is backstory. We're not yeah. even. We're you know we're not even into the real story, but yeah. Um. So he he does he bests Court, uh, who is their trainer, and his father actually comes home, uh, the next day and finds him before he has had the chance to confront Martin, who is the man that's having the affair with his mother. Um, right. and, and can you can you tell us where his father finds him? Yes, his father finds him uh, in the low town in a brothel because he decided that I'm a man now. <laughs> I, I I have my guns. I should do other things that men do. And so he mm -hmm. spent the night with a prostitute. Um, I love that Jinsey was like, "Hey, can you make sure to say this very <laughs> important make part? Make sure, yeah, that we get." I it don't know. Camera. I think it's. I think it's. <laughs> it it does say something about like a kid's mentality of like, "Oh, I'm a man now." I have uh -huh. a gun. Absolutely. I want to yeah, kill yeah, someone. I guess I better go sleep with a woman now. Right. I mean, yeah. Um, but his his father comes in and um, you know, kicks the whore out and <laughs> says to him, you know, I I know I'm not a fool. You've put yourself into danger. You have to leave. Um, and so he gets sent away uh, with his two friends. On a on a mission, it's just kind of a baloney mission um, to get him away from court, uh, the the court, not their trainer, um, so that uh, so that Martin um, does not basically find out about him and, and get him killed. Because the the undertone of this whole story is that there is a revolution going on against Gilead. Uh, there is a person named Farson, the good man who is gathering up forces and trying to destroy Gilead. Um, and so the, the thought is that Martin probably works for the good man. And so if Roland stays here, there's a chance that Martin will find a way to kill him uh, and Gilead will, will lose its, its future leader. And so he has to be sent away to be kept safe uh, while essentially the adults figure out what to do. So um, instead of being sent west, which is kind of a big punishment, he and his friends are sent to the east, and and they are they're sent on some just like little like nothing mission, and and we'll we'll talk about that later. But yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for all of that good backstory. 
Those are good histories. Thank you guys. So the next thing we're going to talk about is um, I we should talk about our, our attributes. So an attribute is basically just your character's, um, it's, it's their abilities, it's their natural abilities, what they're naturally good at. And so for Cowboy World, not including weird, which we're going to talk about next, the three main attributes are body, mind, and soul. So if you are someone who is just all physicality, um, they shoot first, ask questions later, um, then you're more of a body character. If you're more of an intellectual, like asking the big questions and, and solving problems, then you're a mind character. And if you are more of a charismatic people person, then you're a soul character. And luckily, I think you all three perfectly fit into <laughs> one of those. Yeah. So, um, Ben, which one are you? Yeah, so can I just go ahead and say like the spread that I've put already yeah. in my... Yeah, sure. Yeah, I've put plus one in mind. Uh-huh. I've put zero in soul and minus uh-huh. one in body. Yes, awesome. So uh, thank you, Ben. So for the one that you are best at, you get a plus one for that, and it will it'll help you out later on with doing uh, your skills and everything. Um, you get a zero in something, and that's just you're neutral at that, and then you get a negative one in something. So Ben tells us he's plus one in mind, zero in soul, and negative one in body, and I think that's perfect. Alex, Good job, do you want to go next? So if I'm just going to take this uh, and just roll with it, I think mm-hmm. Cuthbert would probably be a zero in body. Okay. Negative one in mind mm-hmm. and plus one in soul. Okay. Awesome. You think, I support you think that. that's all right. I think you could, you could go either way with body and mind. I think he is probably a little bit more. I mean, he's clever. He's not stupid by any means. Right. He's very smart and very inte- intellectual. But I think that he is probably just as physical as he is clever, and he's definitely most soul. So I think you could probably go either way with body and mind, but I totally support what you have. I think that's good. Rev? Yeah, so definitely body is the first one. Um, mind and soul are kind of tricky because I'm I'm looking at the skills associated with them. And you know with mind you have awareness and investigate but with soul you have nerve and command um i suppose when we find them you know on the road to this place it's i'll probably go with um zero mind and minus one soul okay um do you have a thought either way on that Roland is very tricky because he's definitely all body. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not very charismatic and he's not dumb, but he's not really an intellectual thinker either. Yeah, it's it's all of those like survival and tracking. And, you know, in the book, they, they talk about how all the people around him, Jamie and Olen and Cuthbert, are all superb at something. But Roland is, he's like the human in D&D. He is just equally good at everything. He doesn't stand out at any one thing, but that's why he survives because he's good at everything. So it's it's interesting trying to figure out where to put his minus one at. It is. Um, I personally think you kind of hit it on the head because then we have our three attributes all interchanged. Yeah, that way. One of the one of the things that really 
it, it emphasizes in Cowboy World is that the characters need to complement each other. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think it, I think the spread we've got here does that. Yeah, I think it's perfect. I think that's good. Let's let's go with that then. So you've got a zero in mind and a negative one in soul. Yep. Okay, perfect. Awesome. All right, good deal. So um, next up, let's go ahead. Do I want to go ahead and talk about weird? Yes. So let's go ahead and talk about weird. So um, so weird. I you want to do that? <laughs> You're so weird. I had I had to do it. I'm sorry. That's okay. So um, I think that you guys start out with some weird. Okay, so you start out with four points in weird. Okay, all right, uh, I figured it out. Okay, so it's not that you each get four weird, it's that there's four weird to split among you three. Ah. Okay, so that's, that's, the, that's the thing here. So what weird is, is weird is like, it's described as, as being like weird effects. So like, it could be that you um, can kind of communicate with with animals, or it could be that you um, you can sense things that other people can't sense, like uh, like changes in aura or emotions and stuff like that. Like you could um, have the touch. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't so, mean to speak out of turn here, but I'm guessing I'm going to get. Uh, a good healthy helping of <laughs> the that lion's weird. share of that yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I I think you I think you should and and as long as everyone agrees on that I think that's a good idea. So how, there's four points. How about I'm this? Uh, Elaine it's, would get Elaine, uh, but okay. <laughs> that's what I said. You said Elaine. <laughs> I said Elaine. Okay. Uh, would get three points, uh, and Roland can get one point. And then I can have zero points. Hmm. I think that works for me. Yeah, that kind of feels agree? right. That's good. Yeah, I think that feels right. So go ahead and mark that in your weird section on your player character sheet. Under under weird level. Yes, on the right hand side where it says earned weird level. So you're all going to start out with zero grit, zero fame, zero infamy, and for your sanity, I think it's three, but let me double check that. It's just yeah, it's three sanity. So make sure you go ahead and write three sanity. And um the sanity is really just like if you come across some weird stuff and it's scary. Your sanity might change. Like, like perhaps some sort of interdimensional wormhole that makes a weird noise. <laughs> perhaps, yeah. yes, perhaps. It's so weird that you're just coming up with these random things. I, I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> but yeah, so go ahead. It's going to be zero grit, zero fame, zero infamy, and grit is kind of you can trade it off to to do better skills. Um, but you can also kind of use it as a leveling up thing. If you get five, you get to trade it in for another skill. Um, fame and infamy really have to do with how people interact with you. 
and how people react to you. But since you guys are fresh out of the city, you're not going to have any experience. So you're going to have zero grit. And no one in this new place is going to know who you are. So you're going to have zero in fame and infamy. Um, then you're going to have your three insanity. Three insanity, not yeah. three insanity. <laughs> And, of course, you're not going to have anything under wounds or permanent disability or debility. Is that like like we get our eyes shot out and then we don't? Yeah. We don't but th- that would happen in the course of the story, right? Although I guess, right. I guess, or if I you, guess, like, lose fingers or yeah. something. Yeah. Like if, like if lobsters ate <laughs> your fingers. All right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. feels a little personal. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So the last thing we're going to do right now is group theme and... Um, this one is basically just like, hey, we are all gunslinger apprentices slash new gunslingers, and we're doing what? So this is just going to kind of outline you guys' story. We're a quartet for one. You are a quartet. Good job. Yeah. Which is which is for Alex and anyone else is a sort of group of people bound by fate. Mm-hmm. I would say so roleplay retcon. I would say roleplay retcon is a cotet. Aw, I love that. <laughs> and I am its I am I am its den. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you all are a cotet who is. Are you guys running away from danger or are you um going on an adventure or so we we talked about how yes roland is being sent away by his father to protect him and his best friends are coming along with him and you guys are going on an arbitrary quest which is just a way to get roland out of the way it's really not anything like you guys are going to go count horses in in a few like towns over but you're you as as like players, you don't want to say, well, we're a quartet who are going to go on this arbitrary quest to count horses, right? Like you got to have something that holds you together, something that motivates you. I feel like this is Roland's bag. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's too early for the tower to matter. It feels like if if we are a quartet, you know, not knowing what the story holds for us yet, that maybe our thought would be we're going away like they're sending us away but we're going to plan because we are essentially we're the new class like mm-hmm. they they're they they're too close to the situation to understand how to deal with it the the fires they're starting now are going to be our war in the future mm-hmm. and so i feel like it has something to do with We we are out training and and honing our skills so that when we go back, we're more than what they expected us to be when we returned. Nice, I love that. So you are a quartet who are um, going away to to better yourselves. Yeah, I can't think of a a, a yeah. nice concise sentence for that, but quartet to get more good. Exactly. <laughs> well, I would good say job. like. Maybe Elaine and Cuthbert can piggyback on this if he wants. Is like, like one of the reasons we're going with you is because we want you to be safe too. But also, like, we want to be gunslingers, and this could be training for us. We could consider this like 
part of our 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 journey on the way to being gunslingers. Yeah, that's true. So you true. could all just be training, right? Yeah. I maybe rolling, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you rolling, but like while the mission itself is mundane, like do you see this as important? Do you see this as your first mission as a gunslinger, mundane or not? Um I don't think so because I know where I want to be and what I should be doing. And, you know, like Jen C said, what they tell us we're going to encounter here is, hey, go here and count nets, count fishing boats, count horses, count stacks of hay, and stay gone X amount of time and then come back. And the count doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't care what we find. It's just be out of the way. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's weird because going into it, they don't really have any stakes until they do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, I I agree with Rev. I don't think that Roland even sees this as like a, oh yeah, I get to go be a gunslinger. He thinks this is like a, ugh, I have to go be out of the way for a while. I don't want that. But I think that maybe even Roland would see, like, the benefit of, okay, well, we're being sent off to do this dumb thing that doesn't matter, but at least we can make the most out of the opportunity. At least we can do something while we're out here. Yeah, it, kind of with what Ben said, that it is, on some level at least, a proving ground. Because we do know when we get there, we're going to have to deal with the local authority. We're going to have to make a good impression on the people who run this place. We're going to have to infiltrate them and pretend to be other people. So there is a level of on-the-job training. Um, so, yeah, I think in that sense, that, yeah, that Ben's right. There is that level of the task itself is mundane, but there there is something to be gotten from it. Right. So you can gain experience, training, and the opportunity to prove yourself. Yeah. Okay. I think that's good. I think that's great. Can I ask one more question? You, Can I ask one more question? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So one thing we do here, like one of our sort of like design philosophies here uh, is that since we're making a movie, we don't have to be beholden to the source material. Um, and especially, I think when you adapt some of Stephen King's like really thick stories like this one, like It and like... Um, and like the Dark Tower and some other stuff like that. I think I think you have to adapt it. I think you can't just do it shot for shot. And so like, is there some way we could introduce the Dark Tower even at this early age? And it doesn't have to explicitly be the Dark Tower. But can there be something in you that like can lead to this obsession with the Dark Tower? Like what is the obsession with the Dark Tower? Is it what is it an obsession with something larger with something like... I don't like just I don't know I'm kind of out of my depth here now I, but like is well it go when ahead. they when they see that so it's really after the fall of of Gilead that that Roland really becomes obsessed with the Dark Tower because when Gilead falls it's like along the path of the beam and so the beam breaks and like the the big ground quakes or the beam quakes happen is what Elaine tells them and so. Elaine is kind of the one who knows that. And then that's when they go off like searching for the Dark Tower because they're going to go find it and make everything right because the world starts getting weird. 
Yeah, because we all think it's it's a it's a myth. It's a tale you tell children until we find until in the book anyway, until they find something in this story that proves to them that it's real. But I am cool. I think what Ben is trying to say is, can we introduce that now instead of like sticking to the timeline of the book? Let me like, maybe I like this. Can we introduce the idea that you have already noticed the world is becoming strange and that you are obsessed with discovering why? So, you know, book wise, it is the grapefruit that proves to them that it's real. Um, So I'm trying to think like what weird artifact could we have encountered before that shows us this thing is real because, you know, the grapefruit is literally transporting your mind and and showing you this thing. Um, Oh, right. And I do want to incorporate that, certainly. But so, I mean, motivations can change. Where you are at the beginning of the story doesn't necessarily mean where you are later in the story. I mean, it's a these are dynamic characters with a story arc. So is is this group thing uh, theme a really like important thing that we need to be bogged down on? I think that it is important in this situation, yes, because uh, like what we did with Fate Core, you guys is you guys is bonds to each other, and your your the quest that you are all taking together, your your theme, your group theme is going to be really important to the story, and it's also going to be really important when you're making your skills and everything um, and and putting, like, status, like, points all over the place. So I think we need to... I think I do think... I know that it is taking up a little bit of a time right now, but I do think it is very important. If you guys want to wait and, like, think on it, and then we can do it at the beginning of our next session, I'm cool with that. But it is something that it is important that we all, or especially you three, come up with before we get started. Like, even skills and stuff can be added along the way, but this needs to be hammered down at the beginning. Okay. Well, what if we just say we're a content, like, going out into the world for the first time? Have we ever left Gilead? We probably haven't, right? Like, we've pretty much lived our lives in Gilead. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think it's safe to say you haven't. So even if this mission is mundane, maybe we don't care so much about the mission as this is our first time going out into the world at large, even if it's just mages. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. It's fine to simplify it like that. A contact going into the world for the first time. What is our dice array, by the way? You have two D6s. Okay. So this is D6-based. I love D6-based games. Right, me too. I also want to briefly talk about beliefs, goals, and issues. So that's going to be another independent thing, but I do want to touch on it. So your beliefs, goals, and your issues, um, your your belief is is not it's not like 
it doesn't have anything to do with your religion or anything spiritual or anything like that. This, your beliefs are kind of your, your leading motivations. It's something that you believe about the way things work, like the world around you. And this, your beliefs are going to, they're going to determine how you, how you play, how you live your life. So if you believe that all people have evil inside of them, then you are going to play your character uh, much differently than someone who believes that everyone has good inside of them, right? So this is, this, this, these are beliefs that are specific to you and, and it's how, what you believe about the world around you, okay? But one thing that we have to think about as your belief is that your belief has to directly translate into a goal. So your goal is something that you do with your belief. So if you believe that there is good in everyone, then maybe your goal is to find the good in seemingly thoroughly bad people and try to to bring that out of them, try to heal them from that. So that would be your goal. I believe that there is good in everyone. Um, therefore, I will try very hard to, to rehabilitate those who are seemingly evil. Or if you believe that there is... If you believe that there is evil in everyone, then maybe your goal is to bring justice to those who do evil. All right, good deal. So your goal is directly based on, it's something that you can do because of your beliefs. Now, beliefs also have to be able to be challenged. So if your belief is everyone is evil, maybe I challenge this belief from you by showing you someone who is thoroughly inherently good and um, you have to you know, come to terms with that or, or whatever. Does that make sense? So when you think about your beliefs and your goals, you have to think about, can this be challenged? And can I directly act on my goals? Um, and are they directly based on my beliefs? And then whenever you achieve a goal, like if you bring the good out in someone who you didn't think had any good in them, that's when you get a grip point. Um, the next thing on the handout is um, the issues. So your issues are, these are your flaws. So these things, uh, these are things that, that make, make other things difficult for you. So for example, you might um, be weirdly obsessed with something. Or uh, you might be a klepto. You might uh, like have a stealing problem or... You might be afraid of something or something like that. And, and your issues, again, we want to bring these up in play. So your, your beliefs are what's going to be driving you. Your goal is what you're doing because of your beliefs. But your issues are things that you have a flaw in. And you want to make sure that that's something that when we are playing the game, that your issues do come up. Um, so the last thing that I want to talk about for character creation is bonds. So bonds are 
how you know other player characters or NPCs. And, um, so the, the bonds are like, it, it creates, it not only creates bonds between your characters, but it also creates stakes. So stakes are, for those of you who are unfamiliar, are what you are willing to do to make something happen. So if the stakes are very, very high, then that it, it's like a life or death situation, right? Or it will feel like a life or death situation. So we want to make sure that our stakes are pretty high so it's very interesting. And um, you also have four bond points. So each one of you has four bond points to distribute between the other characters. So... Um, Roland will have four bond points to put between Cuthbert and Elaine. Elaine, you'll have four to put between Cuthbert and Roland, and so on. So bonds, uh, there are different types of bonds. They can be, like, very, very positive, like love, friendship, respect. Um, you can have negative bonds, but the bond points themselves cannot be negative. So... The, the point number is just showing how strong that emotion is. So you can give someone a three, a plus three bond point to hate. So like you really, really hate that person a plus three amount. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, do you guys want to, let's, let's do this one together. I think that this is important. You guys want to talk about how you feel about each other? Yeah, I've actually got this down i think and you can tell me can i start yeah go for it um i have obviously roland and cuthbert are, are my, mm -hmm. my bond's name i don't even know if anyone's will be different except for you know roland won't have a bond with himself <laughs> <laughs> okay um uh i i've given three points to roland um okay because he is the den of my quartet and i think i probably look to him with not to insult Cuthbert, but <laughs> probably look to him with more like respect and maybe admiration. Um, and I've and I've given Cuthbert one point because he is my friend and he's uh, my fellow quartet, but he's kind of the like opposite voice in Roland's ear, so it makes us mm. like you know like I'm Spock and he's Bones, right? I'm Hermione and he's Ron. Like, <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Like how I came out low on on all those. <laughs> okay so look uh, at least i knew that sure. i didn't do the ninja turtles one I, I kept that one like back because i knew that would really hurt your feelings Wh which one would you have given me to hurt my feelings <laughs> you'd have to be Raphael, man actually i hate everything about you i right know now. i know Raphael's the worst ninja turtle which is why i didn't say it actually you're actually a little bit like michelangelo and Raphael, sort of mashed into one person and then i'm kind of donatello Anyway, moving on. You're, a, you're a big nerd. <laughs> well, Alex, yeah, you're like, Alex, you're not Raphael. Cuthbert okay, is. All right. all right, let's bring it in. Bring it in. Alex, you're Leonardo. So I was gonna give Roland four points and <laughs> uh, <laughs> Elaine negative five. Is that is that it's Elaine. Elaine. <laughs> Whatever right, you guys. want, Elaine. All right. Just call me Al. <laughs> never. Never. I'll never do it. And I'll call you Betty. 
Y'all are worse than middle school kids. Let me tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Ben, you have uh, your bonds with Roland is respect and your bond with Cuthbert is friendship. Is that what you had? Definitely. I think that's good. All right. Cool beans. Um, (laughs) Alex, would you like to go next? Yeah. Uh, So I'm going to give Roland a three. Okay. uh, For friendship. Okay. Because we're best friends. You are. And then I'm going to give Elaine one for love. Aww. Aww. That's cute. So like. No, not really. No, no. (laughs) Uh, We'll do respect. Respect. Nice. I like that. I like love. Because we're not friends. (laughs) We are friends. We're just not best friends. (laughs) No, it's good. It's good that you respect him in in some way. (laughs) All right, uh, Rev. Uh, So I think I'm going to do two and two. Coward. (laughs) 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 You had that like in the holster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they're but they're both. It's two and two, and it's hate in both of them. So it's fine. Oh, nice. (laughs) Why did I pick? You hate them equally. Um. I'm trying to think of a better way to to put this, but I feel like my two for Bert is like I th- I think of the quartet as as a body that we are together, you know, the best version of all of us, and that Bert is he's the voice, and Alen is the thoughts. And I'm the reflexes. And so right now I just have I just have words and thoughts next to both of their names because that's kind of the cleanest way I can put it. Mm. So I like that. I think it's really cool to show what specifically you're bonded with on each of them. Would that be like an admiration or a respect of the the fact that they they complement you all in that way? Yeah, it's uh it is definitely a respect in the way that they are able to use those things. Um it's, you know, that again that whole idea that that everything is a weapon. Um he's so quick-witted, he's so charming, and then Alen is so thoughtful and not not just kind, but seeing the bigger picture thoughtful um so it, it is a it is a almost an admiration um kind of bordering even on on an envy that these are things that i am not and our trainers have told me that okay nice nice so you can definitely include that in your bond so um so your bond might be i respect and admire how thoughtful Elaine is. You can definitely do that. That's awesome. Okay. I like that you're you're being very specific with that. And the other two, you can also be specific. Like with um with Bert, you can specifically say, you know, we are childhood best friends, so we have a very strong bond. I, I believe you mean diaper buddies. <laughs> I, yes. That's yes. nice because it means that when we get really old, it works too. That's right. Aww. 
We start start life in diapers. We'll end it in diapers. Just because we know we know that I'm gonna make it to old age. Why'd you right. Why'd you guys get quiet? Well, in, um, in some interpretation, <laughs> in some interpretations, uh, you, I mean, you remember could... when you read that you were deceased? <laughs> I, maybe, did not, I do not remember that. Maybe you're oh, okay. alive on another uh, level of the tower. Who knows? Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, like in another person named Eddie, hmm, like a knows? twin, like a yeah. twinsy. Yeah, like a twinsy, like a Twinsies. twinner. A twinner. That, that's the word. Oh, Twitter. fun thing! I, I actually have never heard this twinsy word. Well, it's because it's twinner, and I, I got oh twinner. It wrong. I've never heard that either. <laughs> I've never heard they don't ever call them that, as far as I remember. They they. Well, I, don't, I don't think it's specifically a, a dark tower thing. I think it's okay. a Stephen King thing. Okay, maybe he has said that at some point. Hmm. Yeah, Elaine's like the kid in the movie. By the way, he's he's sort of the Jake corollary. Gross. Hmm. Well, so they, both, I do want to they bring, both have the touch. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, you're fine. I do want to bring this to you guys' attention real fast, and I did not specify this when we were talking about bonds and the numbers that you guys are giving to each other. So a strong bond is a bond of three. And so if it is just one or two, that's considered a weak bond, which is mm. fine, um, but you won't be able to use it as like, you won't be able to use it as like a character aspect or like a skill modifier when it's like if you have a strong bond and you're doing something together, for example, um, with Cuthbert's plus three to Roland because they're childhood BFFs. If Cuthbert was trying to save Roland from having his mind controlled, then Cuthbert could potentially add his plus three to that because he could say, well, I've known Roland since he was in diapers, so I would be able to bring him back from this mind control. I would be able to to show him who he really is or something like that. But if nice. you have like a one or a two, you won't be able to do that. Mm. So I, just just be aware. I mean, I, I know you're you want to make a fun game for all of us. And in your, but like, I feel like inescapably that Roland is the star of this show. Um, and so like, I feel like this makes sense that our characters are primarily here to support Roland. Okay. And not so much each other. Um, so I kind of feel like that works. I mean, it's in my okay. contract that I die in the third episode. So I think that you should. <laughs> <laughs> Figure out what you're going to do when old Roland's Wait gone. Wait a minute. <laughs> Three 24 hour long episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but yeah, we'll be able to increase bonds or create new bonds later on. But I just wanted you guys to be aware of that. I didn't specify that previously. But I, I wouldn't worry about that, Rev. I heard you ming over there because you don't have any strong bonds mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. And I think that's okay. And I think that maybe later, if you were to create a new bond, then we could make sure that it's a strong bond if you wanted to. Huh, yeah. yeah. With somebody, some very important character that'll come up, I'm sure. Benjamin! <laughs> no spoilers! <laughs> I'm being very vague. <laughs> Just saying, I, I didn't play around in diapers with you for no reason. <laughs> that really, like, the idea that the strong bond mechanic versus a weak bond 
does kind of make me reconsider, like, I probably have a strong bond with Bert and a weak bond with Alain. Okay. Just saying. Yeah, go for it. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to. I'm sorry, Alain. I don't, I don't want to keep harping on darktower.fandom.com. But <laughs> <laughs> they have an ad in uh, this episode, right? <laughs> they do. God, I wish. <laughs> We don't get give it. us money. Just kidding. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to make our own little uh, little entry here after this is done. Oh, no, yeah. we get money from Patreon. Money. Power to the people. Yeah, that's true. We don't sell out to corporations unless they have a lot of money. <laughs> I'm just, oh yeah, don't yeah. Don't could, you're not going to shut that window, Ben. We all <laughs> yeah, know that. <laughs> Sponsorships are, are not selling out. Anyway, anyway, I was like, anyway. oh no, we so do both. Am so I being called out? Uh, Red. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Rev, you're going to change yours to plus three, Bert, plus one, Elaine? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's also a very good idea. I'm cool with this. I support this. Awesome. So that is our character creations. We also have to talk about gear and wealth, which is like a really basic thing. The, the, the guide outlines exactly how much gear and wealth. And wealth isn't like a exact dollar kind of thing like in D&D where you start off with like 50 silver pieces or whatever it's basically just like your status and how much like what all you can what kind of life you can afford and we can talk about that personally I mean it's basically nothing right <laughs> you guys are being sent off on a mission from the king I'm pretty sure that the king gives you all enough money to be very very comfortable that makes sense okay and it also talks about how the people there basically give you anything you want, including, you know, a place out in the hills to, to live. Okay. So Word. I do not think that you guys are poor. Word indeed. <laughs> All right. Do any of you have any questions whatsoever about Cowboy World and or the Dark Tower? I do. Yeah. Okay. What is the Dark Tower? So the Dark Tower, are you asking? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take this question very seriously, Alex. Are you asking about the book series (laughs) titled The Dark Tower? Or are you asking about the entity within the books that is called The Dark Tower? I I am making a goof them up. Thank you. I do not need this information. (laughs) Well, came in last night. From the Tennessee River, my heart was aching, so I thought we up green out. Honky tonk was down with a pocket full of silver, like a spike on the water, you won't change. Um, okay, so the next thing that I'm gonna do is tell you guys about the music for this series. I am really excited about the music for this series. We're going to be using music by the Pine Hill Haints, who are amazing. I saw them at Low Mill a few months ago when we were when they were doing their um their car concerts, concerts in your car. We should you, like, probably drive ex- up. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. should probably explain what Low Mill is. <laughs> I mean, it's just a place it's a place here in Huntsville that it was a textile um, factory that uh, was turned into like a nerd commune into like store. an artist um, place for artists yeah. to be. Yeah. Not, a, not a nerd commune. What the hell? 
I mean, there are miniatures painting places in there. We should we should explain for first time listeners. We always do this. We always uh, partner with a band or composer or other musician to kind of provide the soundtrack for this movie for each movie that we do. So, I yeah, we've been told before that like music we've chosen have been like added to people's like regular Spotify rotations and stuff, and like be prepared to do that again. Oh my God, the Pine Hill Haints, y'all, they're amazing. They describe themselves as Alabama ghost music, and that is so accurate, and it's going to fit into this so well, and I cannot stop listening to them. They're awesome. So thank you to the Pine Hill Haints for letting us use your music. Thank you, Pine Hill Haints. Also, um, thank you to Nerdsmith for having us on their network. We love Nerdsmith, and we love being a part of them, and we love being creators for them. So Nerdsmith is a big network that has lots of podcasts and Twitch streamers and such. So please look into Nerdsmith and look into the other people who are part of Nerdsmith, because they're awesome too, and they deserve your attention. You can find them at nerdsmith.org. Um, also, if you end up liking this series, please consider supporting us on Patreon. We're running a little long right now, so we won't go into that too much, but just find us Roleplay Recon on Patreon. Well, thank you for it. <laughs> um, and We're going to do Star Wars eventually if we get enough patrons. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, once again, thank you to Rev for joining us for this series. Um, please check him out uh, on the Crit Show. Uh, Rev, are you doing any streams right now? Uh, yeah, actually, um, I, I don't believe this will come out quite in time, uh, but uh, we stream every Monday uh, and Thursday, and actually starting sometime in March, um, we're going to start making our Monday night stream a uh, ongoing TTRPG, uh, so we're actually taking applications right now uh, for, uh, for GMs. There's a, a stipend and a percentage of the Twitch earnings. I had I had the application for that opened and then I just like crumbled under my own like anxieties and I was like I'm okay I I'm doing enough right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean anything that you want to find out, uh, just go to the critshowpodcast.com. Literally everything I do is is linked or found there. <laughs> nice, awesome. Oh, Rev, I wanted to say, um, you do a PBS show. I do. Oh yeah. That's so cool. I do. I uh, am the co-host for a uh, PBS a local PBS show called Journey Indiana. Uh, it shows all over Indiana and a couple uh, areas in in neighboring states. Um, and it just features local places you can go, local artists, local events. Uh, every episode we cover three different things and we are usually on location. Um so yeah, it's 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 a very fun show. That's oh, awesome. Nice. I'm, I'm I'm from Indiana originally. Oh, where at? Uh, Indianapolis. Okay. Out in uh, Lawrence. Yeah, I'm. I live now in Indianapolis, just above, uh, just north of Greenwood. Nice. It's also where a lot of the crit show takes place, right? Because you guys like you play sort of fictionalized versions of yourselves. Yeah. So on the crit show, they play as themselves, uh, and so the main story begins in Indianapolis and then starts taking them kind of globe trotting and then dimension hopping. Yeah. Like I just got to where they were in like Kauai. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, and like it's really wild because Rev is like an NPC. He he's the GM and Rev is an NPC in the game that shows up sometimes. And so like <laughs> you talk about yourself in the third person and it's the <laughs> wildest thing. 
<laughs> I wonder where I could have stolen that idea from. <laughs> Hello, Dutch yeah. Awesome. yeah, Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. And please join us again on March 17th when we release the first episode of our remake of The Dark Tower. Bye. 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 Bye, Bye kisses. <laughs>